Kevin Nash and Scott Hall found success in the WWF during the mid-90s as Diesel and Razor Ramon before moving on and becoming infamous for running roughshod over WCW. But I want to go back to before they became the Outsiders and long before either man became a WWE Hall of Famer. WCW was home to both Kevin Nash and Scott Hall in 1991 when Nash appeared as Vinnie Vegas and Hall appeared as the Diamond Stud. It was a period in time that could well have led to both men quitting the business entirely. Kevin Nash had been in the army for three years where he was posted to West Germany and later worked on the Ford production line in Detroit and then he moved to Atlanta and became the manager of a strip club. By chance, Barry Windham walked into Nash's club and was immediately impressed by Nash's height and natural charisma. Wyndham suggested that Nash get into the wrestling business himself. Nash was initially cautious, but started to seriously think about the idea when Wyndham revealed just how much he was earning from the business. Jody Hamilton was running a wrestling school for WCW in Atlanta. Nash paid Hamilton and kept coming back for more training, taking around nine months to become fully trained as a wrestler. At the age of 28, Kevin Nash had broken into the wrestling business. The Clash of the Champions 12 in September 1990 was when Nash made his official debut for WCW. Nash was made to wear an orange mohawk and face paint and given the name Steel in a Road Warriors tag team knockoff known as the Master Blasters. In February 1991, the Master Blasters eventually ran into the Steiner Brothers and typical of WCW at the time, all of their momentum was dissipated in just one match as they were squashed in 52 seconds on an episode of WCW Worldwide. It wasn't long after that that the Master Blasters were disbanded. WCW's executive producer at the time was Jim Hurd. Hurd was a former Pizza Hut executive and he wanted desperately to compete directly with the WWF who had found great success at the time promoting a PG-rated product directly to children. Apparently for Heard, the answer was to slap outlandish cartoon-like gimmicks on different members of the roster. Oz was the worst of a bunch of gimmicks that included a lumberjack named Big Josh and a lycra-covered tag team called the Ding Dongs who had bells on their costumes. WCW's parent company, Turner Broadcasting, had just purchased the MGM movie library in a huge deal. One of the biggest movies that came with the deal was The Wizard of Oz. Jim Hurd and Dusty Rhodes magicked up the Oz gimmick, providing just the kind of crossover that they were looking for. Kevin Sullivan was paired with Nash and given the name of the Great Wizard. The set for Ozzy's grand entrance alone cost the company more than $100,000. It had a huge castle, it had smoke machines and even green lasers. Oz and the Great Wizard were even accompanied by Dorothy, the Tin Man, the Scarecrow and the Cowardly Lion. When the gimmick was presented to Nash, he was absolutely dumbfounded. He tried to tell his bosses in WCW that Oz wasn't a person, but a geographical location, and so the gimmick made no sense, but they didn't listen to him. Nash had other reservations about the gimmick too, including the ridiculous costume that he was made to wear, which had a massive hat and a rubber mask. To make matters even worse, Nash had to carry the costume with him through airports in a massive laundry basket. 
After being given the gimmick, Nash was pretty pissed off and quite close to quitting, until Kevin Sullivan reminded him just how much money he was making at the time, and so Nash decided to suck it up and just get on with it. Unsurprisingly, the fans hated the gimmick. The last television appearance of Oz was on a December 1991 episode of the main event. A month later, and Nash was repackaged, this time as the infinitely cooler Vinnie Vegas. It was a move that would put Nash in the same faction as future best friend, Scott Hall. Wrestling was a fresh start for Scott Hall at the age of 25 in a life that had already been marked by tragedy. In 1983, Hall was working in an Orlando nightclub and got into an altercation with a customer. Outside in the parking lot, the man pulled a gun on Hall but Hall managed to grab the weapon away from him. Hall claimed that in self-defence, he accidentally shot the man in the head, killing him. Hall was arrested after the incident, however charges were dropped due to a lack of evidence, and he walked free. It was a moment that changed Hall's life forever. It filled him with anxiety and was the stated cause of his later substance abuse issues. In the aftermath of the incident, Hall turned to pro wrestling. He'd been a wrestling fan since being a kid, and since that life-changing moment in Orlando, the business appealed to him more than ever. For Hall, it was a way to escape reality, to play a character, but unlike a job in acting, wrestling allowed Hall to play a totally different character almost all of the time. It was 1984, and Hall started to hit the gym hard and started to train with the ambition of breaking into the industry. He started training with Florida-based hero Matsuda, who had previously trained Hulk Hogan and Paul Orndorff before cutting his teeth in the American Wrestling Association. A little while later, knowing that the AWA was a sinking ship, Hall believed that his wrestling career was as good as finished. The WWF wasn't picking up his phone calls and he didn't want to take a pay cut in the wrestling business. He almost quit to become a forklift driver and to settle down with his pregnant wife. In the AWA, Hall had made some close friends with Diamond Dallas Page and Kurt Hennig, and both of those men would prove to be important connections for him in the wrestling business going forward. DDP had moved on to WCW some time before. Hall put a call into DDP and pitched him the character of the Diamond Stud. Lucky for Hall, WCW was on a talent drive at the time and was specifically looking for strong characters to sign up. On DDP's advice, Jim Ross hired Hall immediately. Unlike with Kevin Nash's Oz gimmick, Hall came up with a well-thought-out character that wasn't just given to him. The Diamond Stud would end up being the prototype to Hall's most famous character, Razor Ramon, the Tony Montana-inspired gimmick that later made him famous in the WWF. DDP gave the Diamond Stud his look, the dyed, slick black hair, the sunglasses, the stubble, and the toothpick. So much of this look would be carried over to Razor Ramon later on down the line. In WCW, the Diamond Mine was DDP's stable, and it starred the fabulous Freebirds, Scotty Flamingo, the Diamond Stud, and Vinnie Vegas. Nash and Hall struck up a close friendship in WCW that would last a lifetime and would change the wrestling business forever. 
Much like the diamond stud, the character of Vinnie Vegas was conceived by Nash himself, inspired by the role Steve Martin played in the film My Blue Heaven. Billed as being £300 and hailing from Nevada, Vegas was initially recruited by Harley Race to join his stable alongside Mr. Hughes and Vader. The little-remembered stable was actually called Half a Ton of Holy Hell. I kid you not. The group only lasted a few weeks, but Vinnie Vegas was winning tag team matches with Mr. Hughes, and he was winning singles matches too. The aforementioned Big Josh notably getting his ass handed to him after a promo in which Vinnie Vegas called him a pancake-eating fat boy from the Northwest. The Diamond Mine faction did catch on with WCW fans in 1992, but it was too short-lived because Scott Hall had other plans. The Diamond Stud was a brilliantly conceived character, and Hall played it with all the conviction that he would later put into his Razor Ramon gimmick. As good as the character was, Hall was unhappy with his status as a mid-carder in WCW, and he started to lose faith in the company. In an interview, he said, WCW didn't do anything to make me a star. If I'm destined to be a job guy in this industry, then I want to do it in the WWE. I called once a week for a year and asked to speak to Pat Patterson, but never got through to him. In desperation, Hall would eventually call in a favour with old friend Kurt Hennig, who had been with the WWF since 1988. Within a couple of hours, Pat Patterson had left three voicemails on Hall's home phone. Hall called back the WWF office and got through to Patterson straight away, and before long, Hall was making his debut in the Federation as Razor Ramon. In his initial dark matches, the character of Ramon looked identical to his WCW gimmick. Vince McMahon would help Hall hone the character, building on the original concept and giving us that Tony Montana-inspired creation that we all grew to love. Scott Hall would go on to achieve huge fame as Razor Ramon, only stifled by the inner demons that he battled all the way through his life. Back in WCW, Scotty Flamingo, the other member of the Diamond Mine, had also left the group, leaving just DDP and Vinny Vegas to tag team as the Vegas Connection, a short-lived duo that came to an end after DDP suffered from a torn rotator cuff. While Vinnie Vegas wasn't the game-changer that Nash had hoped for, it wasn't all that bad of a gimmick. He'd certainly suffered worse with Oz. There was a gimmick that could have potentially killed a promising wrestling career, Stone Dead. The character of Vinnie Vegas helped Nash get eyeballs on him. Nash would end up taking the same road as his best friend Scott Hall and moved on to the WWF in 1993 after Shawn Michaels had specifically requested that Nash be signed to a contract with the Federation, and naturally, Shane McMahon would be the person to give Nash the alias of Diesel, and he became Shawn Michaels' on-screen bodyguard. Nash would go on to win the WWF Intercontinental Championship and the Tag Team Championship with Michaels, before going on later to defeat Bob Backlund to win the WWF Championship in 1994. Nash would reach stratospheric levels of success when he returned to WCW in 1996 alongside Scott Hall to form the New World Order, wrestling's most legendary faction. 